Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Baggies Broadcast Summer Guest Series. I'm Johnny Drury. I'm joined by Lewis Cox. We're on to episode three of your Summer Guest Series. Now we dropped last week's episode um, coming out every Wednesday. In the last one, Cox here with Baggies youngster Sam Mantam. Another one with some interesting tales from his time at Albion. Loans in Scandinavia, talking about talented teammates. Some really good discussions about Saido Berahino um, and his, his thoughts on that situation. And then obviously an abrupt end to his... His professional career, but what did you think of it, Coxie? Some interesting tales in there. Yeah, it's always interesting to to listen back, isn't it, to these these guys? You know, some who have been former academy grad, graduates and stuff, and it doesn't quite work out. They move on and go and have careers elsewhere, and it's it's just interesting to hear how their paths go. You know, who they come across and how things turn out for them. And I know we're about to talk about another one, aren't we? That that um that you recorded, and yeah, they they come with their interesting uh bits don't they whether it's talking about a Dan Ashworth or a you know Saido Berahino or whatever it's yeah really interesting to um to see what they've the sort of memories they've got and opinions on on how everything's played out yeah it'll be interesting interesting to see we've got quite a few more episodes to come and as you mentioned today's episode is with another youngster we're going a little bit further back um in this one he was a, a young striker handed a professional contract by Brian Robson all the way back in sort of 0405 around that time Rob Elvins who went on to play a lot of semi-professional football in the West Midlands and has got some some interesting tales left football at the age of 23 only a few years after um only a few years after he thought he might have a, a bit of a chance at Albion another sort of similar tale really Coxie but a, a little bit of a different spin on this one yeah yeah definitely and you know, it's another great listen. I mean, Al- Alvin's had a really interesting time of it. He, obviously, before our time, certainly co- covering the club. But, you know, he, he was close, wasn't he? He was definitely on the fringes, training with the first team, mixing it with the, the big guns, travelling to Old Trafford, as he talks about, with the, the first team on you know multiple occasions at, in the top flight and stuff. So, yeah, re- really close to it and, and had loans. And obviously, the idea would have been for him to flourish and try and try and make it in. But it didn't happen. He... Had to move on. Had success, didn't it? All the shot, won a won a promotion, won a title. Didn't yeah, I think? Um, think so. Yeah, yeah. And and then you know, then it as as it goes with many lower league players, you know, it doesn't quite happen. They have to drop out the league and and make a decision on life. And 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 as listeners will hear, you know, Rob Rob Alvin's made the decision regards his work and his career and to to have that semi professional career, which he had very well. I mean, played almost two hundred games, I think, for Worcester City. You were playing at a good level then, by the way, certainly. Um, I remember coming across him when I was freelancing. He was he was at Solly on Moors, and I think Leamington and Hales only went on too. So yeah, loads of cracking tales. Um, I know I've been listening to that. So yeah, listeners in for a, another good listen, hopefully. Hopefully, yeah, it's been a busy summer. We're going to talk about other things um, at other points across the week. Obviously, there's been loads going on at Albion, but Coxie, uh, you're off on uh, off on your travels here in the next couple of weeks. A little bit of yeah. little bit of time away to finally unwind after what's been a a mad season in the in the job. Yeah. Oh, thanks, Johnny. Yeah, yeah. Recharging the batteries in a couple of days. So, um, I, you know, you'll you'll um, you'll no doubt hold the fort admirably, mate. Um, with, along with, of course, our Express and Star Sports Desk colleagues. Um, yeah, getting a bit of sun, seeing some friends, and uh, yeah. But by the time I'm back, it will be will be very close to pre-season. I'm I'm happy to say. So, yeah. Hopefully, perhaps one or two new faces around. Dare I say? And um, and yeah, players and, and staff will be back in situ, so we can we can get back stuck into it after the old batteries have had a, a much needed charge. Let me tell you. Hopefully, we'll enjoy your uh, enjoy your time away, pal. Sure is, um, so hope you enjoy this uh, this new episode, Baggies fans, with with Rob. Just a quick 
sort of uh, note, really, a little bit of housekeeping. The audio on this isn't great. We um, Rob was very, very good with his time and great to chat to us, but he was on the road at the time and he was sort of in his job. I think he works as an electrician um, in that um, that industry. So he's managed to talk to us, but the audio can be a little bit crackling in places, so do bear with it. But there are some some really good good tales in there. We've got a few more of these lined up for your Baggies fans, obviously, every Wednesday now for the coming weeks. We've got a record signing coming right at the end of the series. We might have one or two little snippets on the Baggies broadcast some good tales to come for you but here we go this is when the baggies broadcast met rob elvins rob elvins welcome to the new series of the baggies broadcast how are you thank you very much for your time rob how's things going yeah good thanks for, um thanks for having me on as well and uh, yeah Interesting to, to get the uh, message off here in the week. So, yeah, that comes with Fantastic. Well, as we've explained, this is our, our new series on the Baggies broadcast, looking back at some of the youngsters that have come through the Baggies Academy over the years. Um, yeah. And Rob, Rob, we're going to sort of first start, go right back to the very start of your football journey, I believe, born in Alv Church. You know, how was, how did it all come around in terms of getting into football? You know, from an early age, did you sort of, Realised that you had a bit of a quite a talent from an early age. What was your journey like? Um, yeah, I mean, really, it was always it was always football in, in sort of our house. Um, my dad was a big Blues fan, which obviously me going to West Brom was a bit, bit, bit different. Um, yeah, I had an older brother. Um, he was into football as well, so that kind of always pushed me that way. Um, yeah, earliest memories really. Always, it was always football. So. Yeah. What about yourself? You mentioned that your dad was a, a blue. Were you a blue, sort of a blue nose as well? I was. Yeah. I was a season ticket holder till obviously things progressed at West Brom and um, obviously we had to play games on Saturdays then and things started changing in that in that respect then. And what what did you know? How early was it when you you realised you had a talent or you know at a young age were you sort of getting spotted by by clubs? How, how did that all come around? Um, it's not. It's not something you really think of as, as sort of a young kid. Um, I used to play for a team called Kingfisher Colts in, in Reddit, which is a local local team to us. Um, and we used to just play. It was, it was just sort of go. I used to score quite a lot of goals as a kid, but um, yeah, it was never really. Obviously, everyone sort of always wants to get to that stage and, and be a professional and that sort of the dream. But as as a young kid, you're not you're not really really thinking about it you just go out and play football and then as you get more and more into football that's where things do start to change and start to think about a bit more it could potentially be sort of a job in that respect yeah when did when did sort of it first come around that you were going to sort of join the Albion Academy you mentioned you're a striker there I'm sure you're probably yeah. banging in goals and left right and centre and sort of the clubs coming at a, at a bit of a look is that how it sort of worked or sort of yeah um, I was about 10 I think when I was first went to West Brom. Um, my brother was actually playing in goal as well. He, he was he was training in goal for West Brom at the time. Um, it sort of just kind of happened that way, really. And doing a few training sessions. We trained at um, Willingsworth High School in Switzerland. I don't know of that, but it was an old school after turf there. Um, and that's sort of where we trained and, 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 and done everything from there, really. Yeah, can you remember Albion first making an approach with someone to scout, come and watch a game and see you play well, or or was it all just sort of a bit of a natural progression? You went training with them and 
I, I didn't, I didn't sort of work really. Yeah, back then. Um, kind of, um, we went training, um, and then it was, it was kind of like every stage you had to kind of like lads just gradually leave and get told they weren't getting kept on, and then it got to a stage of obviously. Um, YTS then, school boy forms, and, and that sort of, that's where it kind of got a little bit serious, really. Uh, it, was a, it was a weird sort of setup. You went to train every Tuesday, Thursday after school, and then, uh, like I say, one week you'd turn up and some lads wouldn't be there, and just gradually move, move, move on through the years and through the age groups, really. Yeah, did you realise as you were going through and people were dropping out that, you know, you had a chance, that you were always sort of a confident kid, or, or were you sort of did Albion realise they had something, something sort of special, someone who could maybe go in and get a pro contract? What you know, what were you like as a as a young footballer at Albion? I know if I'm an Albion fan, but if I was at Albion, yeah. I'd sort of be cock of the walk and loving it. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It wasn't really. I wasn't. I wasn't massively confident. Um, I, I could score a goal. I, I could score goals. Um, sort of technically at that age, I was all right. I got. I got a lot better. As the years went on, sort of playing with better players and, and training day in day out, got obviously improved doing that that sort of thing. But yeah, I wasn't I wasn't massively confident in. I mean, I was confident on the pitch, but I wasn't really confident on on the sort of the, the outside of, of things really. Of, especially when you see lads leaving, you just start bringing that sort of negativity into your mind, and there is that side of things. Then, and that's where it kind of changes from being fun to sort of that's that kind of quite important part yeah that's the sort of serious side but when you were coming through you mentioned lads dropped out there was there anyone who you can remember you know you hear stories don't you about players dropping out of a, or being released by academies who have then gone on to play and have really good sort of careers was there anyone like that at West Brom who sort of didn't make it to that 16 age who went on and had a had a good career No, not really. Um, which is crazy because there were some really good players, but um, it was more so, so the lads that were at YTS yeah. never got the pro contracts, and, and you thought, well, why haven't they got that? I mean, technically they're, they're better than myself in some areas, and then, but it's, it's just a, it's a strange it's a strange world really football and. It's, it is when you're in it. It's a, it's a crazy sort of. If you're in that flow, you'll just keep you'll just keep going and going. And yeah, not really that age. More voice voice. Yeah. Was there any any who stick in the mind that that went you know didn't get a pro contract that got a YTS? Was there any any players that you can remember who maybe didn't cut it at Albion but did elsewhere? Uh, there's a lad that I played with. I ruined him actually. We, we digged. Um, Jordy lad Ben Pringle. Fell asleep. You must know that's Ben it. Pringle. Yes, yeah, um, both for Rotherham, I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The right left foot, good lad. He never got his pro, but he, he ended up working his way back through the leagues. Um, and he had he's, he's had, a, he's a, had a great career, really. So, um, yeah, that's one that sticks out. Really. Yeah. And when 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 you were getting to that age, I don't know what year it had been. When you were getting to sixteen, did you sense that you you were going to get a, a YTS and you were going to stay on? And what what was that like for yourself and your and your family? You know, getting a a, a youth contract at a club like Albion at that oh, time. Who were, were they a Premier League club at that, that time, Albion? Uh, yeah, I think they were. 
don't think what year that would have been, but I think they were just getting promoted then, maybe. Um, well, I actually didn't get on the tracks. So when I was 16, um, they offered me a schoolboy sort of contract as a non-contract basis. So everyone else was getting OCS contracts, and I, I didn't get one. But they offered me a, a non-contract sort of term, so I'd, I'd go and train every day, same as the lads, um, and do all the stuff that everyone else was doing. But I just wasn't was on the contract as such. Um, so yeah, it was strange because when you when you watch this, you get all um, you get all your kit, all your boots. You, you go to a day at um, pick up the course, or you best cut. Um, and you just go and pick all your stuff up. But I didn't get that because I was I wasn't a YTS, So yeah, you why why was that? that? Why did they say why they didn't offer you that and just um, kept you on these long? They just didn't obviously see that sort of at that time. They they just wanted to see. If, they basically, were saying. See how it goes, and then the chance might come. And it actually it changed when um, AD Buford came in. Um, so within sort of a few weeks, he'd, he'd signed me on a YTS then. And then within the, I think it was within the space of a year, I'd actually signed my pro contract. So I'd signed, I think I was any YT for about a year, yeah. maybe. So was it the case of a coach not fancying you? Who who would who would have been the coach making that decision at the time? The coach actually was um, who I had for quite a long time through my West Brom career was Craig Shakespeare, who was, who was a, he was an unbelievable coach, and once again he was he was a top man. Um, but at the time, it was, he just they didn't, they didn't see enough really to sort of offer me a contract. But he, I had I had Shakey all the way through from YTS to reserves, and then obviously kind of left and went went and did his own thing. Um, and had a great career again um, after that. So, um, yeah, so I didn't actually get to the YTS at the time, but it all worked out well when that was, especially when Aidy came in. Um, he was great, great for me anyway. And, and he obviously seen some of different that. Yeah, I suppose it is a is a game of uh, a game of opinions at time. Can you recall that you know that coming around you know from going to the non con from the non contract to the the pro contract? That must have been a proud moment for yourself and and for your family when when that was sort of offered yeah. and, and secured. Yeah, it was it, it was unbelievable to be honest. There was um, obviously the manager at the time, Brian Robson, who who was brilliant. He, he used to come to all the U team games, he used to come to the games, um, and yeah, he. he he, took, he kind of called us, called me in, and Rob Davis as well at the time, who, um, who got the contract at the same time, and and he offered it. I think he actually offered it us earlier than we were meant to really get yeah. it. So we'd be about seventeen yeah, was, at this time, would you, Rob? Yeah, I was about seventeen, yeah, something like that, and um, maybe just coming up to my eighteenth. But, but yeah, it's it was it's unbelievable. Cause obviously, it's what you what you kind of strive to do. And, what you want to do and it, yeah it's brilliant yeah and what was it like with sort of youngsters coming through then you mentioned Rob Davis was another one there who got a, a pro contract I'm just looking at sort of the squad from that 05-06 season Stuart Nicholson I think was someone who came through the academy he was there Jared Hotchkiss who, who's still playing now I think he's playing for Hereford um, yeah. what was it there was quite a few youngsters coming through there was it Was did it always feel like you might maybe get a little bit of a chance under Brian Robson you spoke quite highly of him there and the way he was with the youngsters yeah um yeah, it was it was so we had a really good sort of youth team, really. Um 
think it was a, uh, Jeff Gortard, the centre half. I think he went on to get his pro as well. Um, but yeah, Jazz was brilliant. He, he obviously had a good career. Same sort of stew. I, I was him and Ben Pringle were my, were my roommates really when we were at the gig. Um, but yeah, we we kind of all thought that we, you know, sort of push on and particularly I, I have a good sort of relationship with, with Brian Robson and, and sort of Nigel Pearson um, and yeah I, I, I did think I'd get more sort of a sort of a chance or, or sort of a looking but it didn't sort of kind of go that way um, but yeah he, he was a great manager great manager for us. Yeah, was he the first? Did, did you ever have any dealings? Obviously, it was Gary Megson before that. Was that sort of a bit before your time? Did you have any dealings with Megson at all, or did he take much interest in the youngsters? Uh, no, he, he took the interest. He, he was um, he'd come and have a few chats with you, but we we were still sort of YTS at yeah. that sort of time. It's kind of it. What uh, my sort of dealings really with sort of first team management was was when uh, Brian Robson came in there. Yeah, and how was that? You mentioned Pearson there as well. You know, he's still at Bristol City, known for being a, quite a, a fierce sort of manager and stuff. What what, what was he like with, with the youngsters back then? He had a yeah, good reputation I mean, at Albion. Yeah, he, he was, I mean, through the whole time at West Brom, really, I was, I was really fortunate to have sort of some really good coaches. And as you can see, you know, the majority of them are doing, still doing something, even, even players' boys as well. Um, but yeah, Nigel, he was he was tough. But he was never he was never overly. I, I mean, he's, he's got that sort of persona where he, he does come across quite tough. But sort of in the background, he's he's, he's very he's good. And, and to be honest, coaching wise, he was he's up there with sort of you know one of the best. And, and, he, and he's done a lot really for, for the yeah. team as well. Yeah, in terms of the you know we'll, uh, we're at a point now. I'm just going to step back a little bit. We're at that point when you're in the first team, but. When can you remember the first time you got called over to sort of train with the with the first team at Albion? You know, I know they tri- they always pull sort of youth players over to to fill in yeah. gaps. Can you remember that? Was it quite daunting? Can you remember who sort of would have been on the training field at the yeah. time? Yeah, it was always it was always daunting. I mean, to be honest, it's, it was daunting once you had your pro contract and you were getting in, you were in the same changing room and and that sort of thing. But when you're sort of youth team and you get called over, it's Obviously, it's yeah, it's very daunting, and there was a lot of good players there. Um, you had sort of characters as well, like Andy Johnson was there, um, big character, with Jason Kumas. They're all great lads, and to be honest, they all took you in and sort of helped you along. Um, Ricky Skimmaker was a great, great bloke, helped, helped a lot of young lads out. Um, I think at that time. I'm not sure if Curtis had signed Curtis Davis. I had a good relationship with Curtis because sort of similar age as well. Um, but yeah, they were, it was great. It was great to be able to train with them at sort of that age as well. It just it's so different to what you, what you're used to, especially you think sort of a lot quicker, uh, a lot more intense. Um, any? Do you get any sort of roastings off them, tell, tellings off, and giving the ball away or bad touch or anything like that? You hear that sometimes. Yeah. That was um, that was bad. yeah. It was, it was bad at times because obviously, like I said, the, the mentality is even still in training. It's sort, sort of that the, the winning mentality. Everyone you don't want to, and that's sort of why they were where they were really. They were professional footballers, and even in training, they they wanted to to win. Um, but yeah, you did get a few 
few roastings. If uh, yeah, any in particular stand out? Any any sort of harsher um, players? It's bad. Um, I'm trying to think it was bad at the time. I wouldn't say I'd say bad. I wouldn't say bad. I'd say more. They were good lads. Put you in, but they'd still give you a bit of. A, there was um, so Ronnie Woolworth was pretty feisty at times. Um, yeah. Nigel Quasi was, was he was unbelievable as a footballer. Left and left and right footed. He was, but if you give the ball away, you, you knew you'd, you'd, you'd give the ball away really, and he'd yeah. tell you about it. But um, he was a great player. So. Yeah, no, I can imagine. Just in in terms of the striker department, you know, I'm I'm just looking. Correct me if I'm wrong, but that first season when you're in the first team, um, from what I can see, you've got the likes of Kevin Campbell, Nathan Ellington, Canu, you know, the Canu Premier League winner, Robert Earnshaw, Jeff Horsfield. You know, what what's it like as a young striker being sort of in that alongside and training with them every day? I'm sure there's some funny tales from or, or interesting tales from that time. Yeah, it was brilliant. I mean, like just reeled off some unbelievable footballers that had great careers. Kevin Campbell, when you when he when he kind of went over and trained with the first team, he was brilliant. He'd put his arm around you, help you out, he'd, he'd give you little tips. Um, obviously, Jeff Horsfield was obviously a Blues fan, so when Jeff signed, yeah, big for you. Yeah, it was an absolute. He's a legend because I sort of, for me, it's, it's similar. Sort of top styles of play as well, so to kind of have him there and, and sort of learn nothing as well was, was brilliant. Yeah, I used to travel in with Robert Earnshaw as well because he lived, lived by me as well, so we used to pass all. So I had a good relationship with all of them, really. Um, and yeah, it was great, especially like say, if you can't do their career, he, he had, and then obviously came to West Brom was, was unbelievable. Yeah, I was sort of can away from what I've heard on sort of other podcasts, he's pretty sort of relaxed and chilled out on the training field but some of the things he can do I'm sure are probably unbelievable the football well I, I, used, I used to get changed next to him um, so there was him Rob and, and myself got changed next to him so we were always chatting and um, he was so relaxed I mean we used to um, when we before we started training we used to have a box so a keep ball so you'd have two different boxes um, and you could never he'd do stuff with the ball that I mean, you could never get it off him and you shrug your legs open, it's make you and it's do all sorts. So, um, yeah, what he could do with football was unbelievable. Yeah, and it, in that time, you know, football back then is a period where, you know, obviously it's gone now, but there was, I'm sure, a drinking culture. You mentioned some names that, you know, we know Andy Johnson very well for his links with Albion and, and sort of we know AJ's a bit of a joker and I'm sure there's some other big, Ronnie Warwick, big characters in there. Sort of, what was it like with a young lad getting involved in sort of nights out, Christmas do's and, and stuff like that? I'm sure they were a big part of it back then. Yeah, I mean the first sort of the first sort of one we went on, um, we went to Dublin actually um, with the first team, and yeah, there was some drinkers, there was some some funny nights. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it was good. I mean, it's what it's what all football is about. It's 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 such a sort of child's game, isn't it? So you never really sort of grow up. It's kind yeah. of like you go to training, you're having this kind of on all day so you, you never really change to be honest and the characters that we had were some some top top lads like you've, you've reeled yeah. off so yeah it was yeah. a tough tough going keeping up with some of the bigger bigger drinkers i imagine i'm sure there's some funny tales yeah, I mean, from then yeah i didn't particularly drink at that sort of age um so obviously i was still obviously quite young and trying to 
get my way yeah. sort of into, into the surrounding. So yeah, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have been able to keep up with them, put it that way. Yeah, there was there were some um, some good drinkers there. Yeah, another another thing with sort of youngsters. Was there ever any sort of initiations that youngsters had to do when they sort of came into the the first team setup? I know it's, it was sort of commonplace at other clubs, but was that the case for you you guys coming through at Albion, or were, did, did they go quite quite uh, lightly on you? West Brom, other clubs, I, I had to um, we had to sing like yeah. restaurants or, or anywhere really that was embarrassing. We had to, we had to sing, but. Um, yeah, we never we never done anything there, which was surprising, really. I think it's probably because we were there for so long and kind yeah. of kind of moulded into it, into, into it quite quickly. That yeah, there was there was not really a really much much there. So other clubs, yeah, you have to sing and there was much embarrassing stuff as possible. Really. <laughs> and with the as well, something that's phased out now and we don't hear much of is, you know, when you're a YT and a young player, you're doing all the jobs, you know, cleaning and, and all that. Was that still around at Albion? Is that something you had to do or had that sort of been phased out at that time? Uh, yeah, we, we had to do it. We had to we were boot boys, we had to clean, clean boots. You, had, you, you normally had sort of three, three players where you, where you, yeah. you clean the boots. Um, you got a little bonus at Christmas. You had to kind of give them a nudge, but... Yeah, who was the who was your players? We'll uh, we'll expose some some tight players now if they haven't give you didn't give well, you a good I, I bonus. Had, um, I had Tarnu, and he gave me I think about fifty quid, hundred quid, something like that, which at the time was especially when you're not really getting much, was great. Yeah. Um, I had Janichi Nomoto. He didn't really understand what was going on, so we had to kind of <laughs> force him. Yeah. <laughs> did he did he tip all right though? Did he get did he get the gist of it in the end? Yeah, yeah, he got yeah, yeah. when everyone was going to give him some money. And then, <laughs> yeah, and then uh, I think I had Ronnie, Ronnie Woolworth as well at the time. Yeah. And they obviously they just give him some cash and you keep the boots clean and yeah. you help them out. Yeah. No tellings off, no no, uh, no sort of bad days when you didn't clean them properly or anything, or did you always oh, pretty yeah, good cleaner? Not, not necessarily sort of the lads I was cleaning because they were sort of laid back people, but some of the lads got some rollicking if, if sort of they weren't clean, but. If I'm honest, that <laughs> they should clean them. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, do you, do your job properly. But I think it's something that's not really, not really about now. Especially like when we were sort of coming through, it was if you've done something, you knew, if you've done something wrong, you knew about it. Whereas I think, I mean, I'm not involved in, in sort of football now, but I can't see it really being the same sort of thing that that we have. Yeah, did it keep you level headed? Keep you quite grounded? You know, having to do all the the mucky jobs and stuff and and. and and the boots and cleaning yeah, them. Yeah, 100%. Because, I mean, you need some sort of something to, to keep you grounded and, and to keep you up, sort of, as soon as you get away from that, it, it starts getting in your head, well, I'm a footballer, and you kind of can take people away in that sort of sense, really. And if you, if you forget where you come from and what you're doing, then, then yeah, it's definitely going to mess with you. Definitely. Yeah. And when, when did you sort of start getting around the first team squad in terms of of match days i know i think your your appearance for albion was in a an fa cup replay against Reading, i believe you come on as a substitute i'm sure you were sort of were you traveling with the squad before that and were you sort of involved in that sort of so circle I, I, yeah i traveled quite a lot really i was always at the time there was only obviously 16 it's a 16 man squad um it's completely different now i couldn't even tell you how many sort of people there in the squads now but um so I was always sort of classed as seventeenth man, so I always sort of missed out. Which it was at the time I was like, oh, I was quite 
purely by it, but looking back, really, I should have just, you know, set to where I was and, and learnt from that. But as an 18-year-old, you kind of want to always be involved. And But it was, it was yeah, unbelievable to travel, especially go to all the grounds that, that I've kind of been to is, 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 is a good thing, really. Yeah, is there any memories that stick out in that time, you know, going on? Did, did you, at that time, you know, Alvin, I think Alvin be in the Premier League and the Robson then, did... Are you thinking, you know, I'm the 17th man here in a Premier League squad. I, I, I've got a real good chance of sort of breaking into this first team and, and making it at some point. Yeah, yeah I, I, I actually did. And, and with conversations with, with Brian as well, as well as my agent having sort of conversations with him, um, it was sort of looking that way. And um, at the time, I mean, it, it felt like I was going on loan to every single on the football club going at, at that time. Um, but he, he kind of wouldn't really let's go out on loan because obviously we were covering as a 17th man and it was me and sort of Rob Davis was another one that sort of travelled with the squad um, yes it was difficult because you wanted to play football but it was just unbelievable especially the one that sticks out the most was when we they played um, Man United and we missed out but we went into the change rooms and our kits were hung up on the wall and, and it was just it was something that we'd never experienced before and it, to, to do it there as well was unbelievable. Yeah, and you made that one. I think, am I right in thinking, Rob, that was your one appearance for Albion, that FA Cup replay when you come off off the bench, I believe. This is this is off Wikipedia, so it could potentially be wrong. Um, but it's got you down as... Um, <laughs> I'm not sure if I came on that day, you know, because we were losing. We were meant to. Um, I was meant to actually be coming on, but because we were losing, you had to put... Sure, you had to put some more experienced people on. I can't remember if I actually came on that day. Yeah. We'll go with it. Yeah. <laughs> so you're around it then, you know, that's in the Premier League yeah. season. That season, Alvin get relegated um, under under Brian Robson. Um, somehow, still, we've had quite a few players on from that area and we always ask, how did they get relegated? And no one really knows the answer. Um, but the following season, you know, what was it like the following season for you that summer? You've gone down to the Championship. Are you thinking, you know, I was in and around the first team squad, we've gone down now selfishly, it might do you maybe a little bit of good, you might maybe get a little bit of a crack at it. Yeah, I mean, you, you sort of, you do sort of think like that. Um, obviously, you want to play football and, and, and you want to sort of get into the first team. Um, I'm right in thinking that Robson, he left then, didn't he, when went to the Championship? Is that when? Yeah, so I think he... Yeah, so I think Brian Robson had about six or seven games, and they'd had a they'd had a bit of a sloppy start, and that's when Mowbray Mowbray came yeah. in. How how was Mowbray with you? Um, <laughs> I I I didn't particularly sort of have any relationship with him. If no. I'm honest, um, no, we kind of came in. Um, we sort of kind of went back in trains with the reserves, so youth team really. Um, the young lads, so there was obviously me and a few others. I think, I think Stewie Nicholson, I think he done quite well out. Tony coming in, to be honest. Um, and Stewie was a good player. He was, he was quick, scored a goal. Um, I think he was pretty much one of the only ones that sort of managed to get in. This is sort of Tony's, Tony's head, but sort of the rest of us kind of are by the wayside a little bit. Yeah, was it quite? Did you quite realise quite quickly he wasn't sort of fancying you? And and you know, th- I think that year you, 
for, was it from the January and maybe went on loan to York into sort of early 2007? Yeah. It was sort of that time where I had, I had such a good time previously with when Brian Robson was there. Um, there was there was sort of league clubs coming in asking for to go out and loan. Um, I think Southend at the time tried to actually buy me uh, when I was when we were with Brian Robson and. Um, Nothing ever really happened because he, he, he needed us around the around the squad really, and that's what that's why he could sort of relay back to back to us. Um, and obviously when he left, Tony came in. There was no real connection with us like myself and him anyway. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of like kind of looked for to go out on loan. But the problem was then when you're trying to find clubs to go out on loan to, that you've got no experience. So like it's kind of a losing battle really because they want experience but they don't you can only get experience by playing in them games and yeah. um, I think I went on to York I went to Cheltenham as well um, but yeah it was, it was good to go on loan and play games and play competitive football because at the time we were just playing in, the, in sort of the, the reserve league and it's, it's competitive but it's not it's normally players coming back from injury um, and that sort of thing but yeah and just did uh, so you mentioned there about Tony Mowbray and him sort of not really fancying you you've gone back to the youth team was there a realisation at that point that you know I'm guessing you maybe only had didn't have long left to run on your, on your deal um, was it was... Uh, I think that was yeah, that was the last year really yeah um, it's, it's sort of trying to plan for the next season in a way because um, you, you know your contract's kind of running out and you're not going to get you're not going to get offered anything so yeah uh, did you start preparing yeah. early for that then did you yeah, sort yeah. of um, yeah pretty much yeah it was more you have to kind of look after yourself sometimes and um, sort of many players will probably say the same you, you, if you get that point of knowing that sort of nothing's really going to be happening um, you start making sort of inroads into other sort of avenues and look elsewhere there yeah yeah, it sounds like you were quite sort of a switched on young player at the time. You know, some players might have sort of held on to that West Brom dream a bit, but you sort of sounds like you were quite sort of realistic in where it was going to head towards the end of that season, really. I think you went to sign for Aldershot in in in, yeah. in the summer of that year. Yeah, yeah. so um, when I was at York, I can't remember the assistant's name now, but I think he had connections in sort of Australia and there was talk of looking at going to Sydney and places like that. Um, the older shot came came in, but it's still sort of it's still it was full time, but it's in the conference. It's still obviously in, in England. I wanted to sort of stay. So if, if if you have a good sort of year in the conference, you, you sort of never know what what can happen and work your way back up. Um, so yeah, it came in. Um, yeah, it's it good, good good time there as well. Really. Yeah, I think me personally, I'd have probably chose Sydney over all the shot to be honest. Up the, the sun over the conference, but <laughs> but you, I know, yeah. you, you when I look back now and think the same. Yeah, yeah, how things could have been different. You had two years at an older shot then as as sort of full time. How, how was that? Was it just sort of you know, like you said, try and do well and try and get in the football league and and, and try and you know have a good football league career really? Yeah, it was it was definitely different. Um, yeah. Everything really, you have to sort of wash your own kit. Um, it's such different ends of the spectrum from going from West Brom sort of Premier League Championship team straight down to um, Aldershot. 
I had a little bit of a sort of group going to York at uh, the same level, so I kind of had a little bit of an insight into what was sort of going to happen. Um, but yeah, it's, we we had a really really good young team. I think we sort of average age probably it's probably about 24, 25. So it's yeah. quite a young team. There's a lot of lads in the same position as me left sort of Crystal Palace and sort of that south area kind of teams. Um, yeah, and we we absolutely steamrolled the league um, and got promoted. Obviously, back to the back to the football league. Yeah, I, did that make it easier? You know, you hear some players who might maybe leave a big academy and go to maybe the conference where you're playing with older players who are playing for mortgages and stuff, and they might maybe struggle with that sort of drop. You know, yeah. was that quite easy? You say there a lot of players came from other other clubs. Was that easier to deal with them? Was there any sort of names that came in? You know, who'd come from other clubs that went on to to go and do quite well after that that season. Uh, yeah, so obviously we had a mix. We had a, we had a few experienced players in there. Ricky Newman was obviously really experienced. He'd been at Palace, um, played in the Prem for probably hundred years and that old. Um, um, who else was there? There's some young good lads. Danny Hilton, striker. He's still at um, Luton, I think he is. He was there, came through. Um, John Grant was a great forward, had a good career. Um, yeah, there wasn't really anyone that, that sort of pushed on afterwards. They just had really good sort of low level. Yeah. Really, which is, is sort of where we kind of all went. Really. Yeah, so that second season would have been in, in League Two, that you know, shot at, at the, the Football League. Did you play a lot that season? And, and how, was, how was that sort of time? Or? I was kind of in and out, really. Um, which was frustrating because I, I played pretty much every game um, the year before when they got promoted. Um, the club, they brought in Marvin Morgan, who was an unbelievable bloke. Um, at the time, I was frustrated because obviously they brought a striker in. Um, and they, they brought Marvin. Marv played sort of ahead of me. And yeah, it was kind of the similar position that I was sort of in the West Brom, really, in my last year there, where I kind of could see what was sort of happening um, and I sort of I sort of took the steps to kind of come out of full time really um, in the end and, and sort of come back home um, I've been speaking to Worcester City for a long time um, and it sort of seen my contact at all of the shot and then sort of head into the part time world which is a, a crazy world in itself. Yeah, was that? So I'm guessing you've probably been still quite young then, Rob. Sort of early, maybe early twenties. Is that's that? That's a big call to make. You know, you're an older shot in League Two. I'm sure there's probably offers to stay in full time football. Um, what was the the thinking behind that? Was it just sort of you, you wanted to sort of go out and get a, a? I always I hate saying this, but real job as well as as football <laughs> as well. Uh, you know, football is a job. I agree with you there, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What, um, what was what was the thinking behind that? That, that is a big call to make as a, as, as a young as a youngster as as well. It was um, it's a weird one, really. I mean, it was it was more. There was a lot of falling out of sort of love with the game, um, sort of the politics side of things and um, stuff like that. The kind of Push me towards that decision in a way, but it was more. If I if I came out of football at the age I am at now, I would have played at a sort of a lower level career, potentially. Who, who knows what would have happened? 
and I would have had to get a job at the age I'm at now. So it's sort of that thinking as well of if I can get a career as well as still playing part time, then when I do finish my part time career, I've got a I've got a job as well that that's my career going forward as well. If that makes sense. That's that's like a real mature head to have at such a a young age. That's quite rare, really. You know, yeah. now you know. I know clubs, big clubs, help players. You know, look to the future. I know certainly speaking to someone at Wolves not long ago, they 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 do a lot with that. But back then, I suppose that's you know, you're pretty old oh, yeah. old old yeah, head that's... on young shoulders thinking that at the time. Yeah, I mean, it was a lot. Of, obviously, I spoke to my my family and, and my wife as well, um, but. Yeah, we didn't have any help. Really. It, it was literally, even when we left West Brom, it was sort of, if I'd not sorted a club out, it was more, it was just a case of, well, see, see you later, really. It's not, there was never anyone there saying, um, even just advising, really, of, of careers or potential sort of avenues that you could go down. Um, which I'm, I'm hearing now that people do get that help which is perfect and it's what, what you need really and I'm glad that that's sort of there and in place for, for a lot of clubs Yeah, it sounds like you, you you adapted quite well, you know you didn't have the struggles that maybe some others would have had leaving a, a big club in West Brom and then leaving full-time football Did, you, did because it was on your terms, was it quite sort of easy to, to cope with and deal with? It was, I mean I'll, don't get me wrong, I would, have, I would have loved to have played football full-time for my whole career, but Sometimes you sort of got to be realistic and, and think, well, I need to get something in place. Otherwise, what am I going to do? I only know football. I played football from school all the way through. When I left school, I went straight into football. So it was trying to get something more of a, a trade sort of thing for me, I think, because I was academically, I was, I was okay at school. I wasn't, I was never going to change the world, but. I could always put my hands stuff, so it's more what trade can I can I can I go into with it? Yeah, and with with that, how did that sort of all come around? So you, you said Worcester City. I'm just like you know, you, you played a lot of games, almost 200 games, or, or potentially over for for Worcester City in a four year, four five year spell. Was that National League North? Would that have been that sort of level? Or yes, I went I went there in the south, um, which was ridiculously hard. The team yeah. in the south for that was so good, um, and we weren't really sell for that. And then we changed to the north, um, and that's pretty much where I played then for, for the rest of my sort of non-league career. Yeah. And with the work side of things, what was it? Did you know what you wanted to do when you come out of the full-time game? Was it just look at different avenues? or? Uh, yeah, not really. I, one of my mates, he was a roofer, he had his own roofing company, so I'd, I'd done that for sort of a few months. Um, my other mate was a, was a plumber, so I was trying to get into that, really, into, into plumbing and... Um, I managed to get a job with sort of the company that he was working for, just a self-employed sort of basis, and then yeah, that's that's all I've done then for since then is is plumbing. So yeah, been great because obviously it gives you a trade, and you can you can always everyone always sort of needs that needs that in them. Yeah, and with the non-league, you're just going through it now. You had a lot of games at Worcester, you know, become a very well-known player at Worcester, seventy odd games for. For Solly on Moors, um, you carved out quite a good non-league career for you. So how do you look back on that? Yeah, I think you went back to Worcester for a little while, and then I've got down here one of your last loves with Hales Owen as as well. All you know, decent levels, and I'm sure you'd be remembered at them 
them clubs as well. That must be something nice yeah, to think I, about. I absolutely, yeah, I absolutely loved my time in my league. It was, it was brilliant to be able to do obviously both as well. Um, great, it must have been brilliant. Um, some really good memories there. Some good friends. Um, Solihull was unbelievable. The manager there was Marcus Signet at the time, and he basically ran it like a professional club. Um, so that was it was strange to sort of get back into that mould of things at the time, but yeah, it's brilliant. And you still have the same sort of camaraderie and sort of messing about and Christmas dues and initiations and, yeah. and everything like that. So it's all, it's all, and obviously we, we do, we sort of class it as non league because obviously it's a part time basis, but the football, the football level really, it's not too dissimilar to League Two, League One. And it, I know it sounds strange saying that, but um, and that's why you see so many people really coming from, from the lower leagues and making a career for themselves because it's just that next that next step and training with sort of better quality players. Yeah, was there ever a chance? You know, you, you played a lot of games there for Worcester, and I'm sure you sort of turned a few heads with some performances. Was there ever a chance to go back a little bit higher? Did anyone ever come back in for you? Because, like we said, you're still quite relatively young when you first started in, in non-league. Um, not particularly. I mean, I think there was talk once of Hereford at the time when they were sort of in the league. Um, they, they, it was sort of when they were having their troubles, so to speak. But, um, yeah, not really, to be honest. And if, if I'm honest, I don't think I would have done it anyway. Um, I don't think I would have took that because of the career I was sort of building, I was sort of happy with, with what I was doing, really. Yeah. And when when did it all sort of come to an end? When when was the last time you sort of put the boots on and, and played at that, that, that sort of level? I was I was struggling. I've got a dodgy knees. Um, so I was, I was struggling for a good few years. From about sort of 20, 28, maybe, I was struggling. Um, I think, I think I finished about 30. Um, I think that was Hale's Owen, actually. So I finished finished Hale's Owen. And then um, I got a call from Leamington. So I knew, I knew the assistant there, Martin Naylor. And I, I, knew, I knew the manager as well. And they were struggling for players at the time. They were, they were getting in the playoffs. So they needed just some bodies, really. So I, I kind of went and helped them for a bit. Um, yeah, I was, about, I was about 30, really. I, I, I I haven't kicked the ball since either. So. Yeah. 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 So a, f- a few years now. I'm just looking at, as we said, I've been on your Wikipedia page and, and some of the things are probably wrong in here, but it says position, striker, midfielder, and defender. So we know you're a striker comes from Albion, but did you progressively go further back down the pitch as the knees went? Yeah. So I was just, I, was, I mean, if I'm honest, I probably, if, if I did a centre half my whole career, I probably may have gone. Perfect, come on, this right. She ended up playing centre half. I actually enjoyed it better playing there than, than, I, than I did up front, really. But um, yeah, as I got older, like I said, the body sort of. I think I even played in goal at uh, um, Worcester and Leamington, actually, when, <laughs> when the keeper got injured or centre half, I went in goal. Um, so I have covered, <laughs> I've covered everywhere. But um, yeah, gradually as, <laughs> as I got older, I did start falling backwards, yeah. Yeah, and just just a couple more. Finally, we mentioned, we talked about a number of other youngsters who came through, the likes of Rob Davis and Stuart Nicholson, who went yeah. on to 
to have sort of varying career. Do, do you still sort of speak to any sort of former Albion teammates? You're quite sort of close to them or keep in touch with any of them? No, I mean, me and Rob are really close and we sort of went into different sort of avenues of work and, and, and life, really. Um, I haven't spoken to him for, for a while. I've kept in touch with Curtis for quite a while. And like, like I say, things, things like that with football, you, you can't you separate, which is sad, really, in a way, because you, if you go in your separate ways and doing different things, you're not always, especially with, with working as well, it's quite difficult. Um, I still sort of spoke to Dan Carter as well. Um, um, but yeah, I, I'd, I'd like to, you know, still stay in touch with them, but it's difficult with, with life, really. Yeah, I suppose people go in different directions. And just finally, you know, do you, how do you look back on it and... and is there any sort of regrets or do you think how things could have gone differently? Obviously, if Brian Robson would have stayed, you you may well have got yeah. your chance at Albion. How do you reflect on it? Do yeah. you look back at it with sort of happiness or um, or what, what how do you how do you sort of reflect on it? Yeah, I mean I'd I'd always I'd always look back at it quite fondly. I mean in I have done what I've, I've dreamt of really. I became a professional footballer, I scored, I scored goals in the football league. Um I'd I'd done what I'd set out to do. I didn't do it for a, a sort of period of time I thought I was going to do it, but yeah, I look back really quite fondly on things. Things may have been different if, if, if sort of Brian Robson had stayed, but in a way, I could have probably done stuff myself to improve that situation when Tony Moby came in. So it's one of them, it's all ifs and buts, but I, I had a good career, um, I, had, I had a good non league career, so I was, I was quite happy with it. Fantastic, that's great. Well, thanks very much for your time, Rob. Really appreciate you coming on there. Now, all the best in the in the future. Do you, do you fill your sort of Saturdays with anything else now, or is it just sort of watching football or or any anything like that? Uh, yeah, golf really. Play, yeah, I play a lot of golf. Um, I'm quite big into rugby, which obviously a lot of football fans won't want to hear, but um, <laughs> I do like my rugby as well. So uh, yeah, rugby and golf, and obviously I've got got two young kids as well. So. Everything keeps you busy now. Yeah, keeping busy. Fantastic. All the best in the future, Rob. Really appreciate that.